We're in a series called Shaken. Amen. Pastor kicked us off last week. How many were shaken a little bit last week? Amen. I know I was. And uh, last week we talked about when the people prayed. And this week we're going to go into the place was shaken. It's taken from the book of Acts chapter 4. I'd like you to turn there if you have your Bibles this morning. Acts chapter 4. And the book of Acts is called the book of Acts because it's the actions, amen, of the Holy Spirit. It's the actions of the apostles. It's the actions of the church. That's very important. You know, in the gospel of, of Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said this. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he said, I'll give you keys, give you certain keys. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, when he builds this church, you're going to have some authority. And heaven will agree with your decisions. Now that's some power. He said, I'll give you keys to the church and the church will be a moving force. And the church will be on the offense and the church will attack the gates of hell. And the church will prevail. How many know that we are a church on the move? I believe that we are on the attack. We are on the offensive. We are not just sitting back to see what the devil might do. Or sitting back even to see what God might do when he gets ready. No, we're ready. So as soon as God says go, we're ready to move. The actions of the church, the book of Acts. And this is the actions of the first church we see here. And when you think about this first church, it raises some questions when we look at church today. You know, it raises some questions like, well, why did they have such power in that first church? Why were they able to confront hell with no fear? Why did they see the miracles and the healings and the deliverances take place? How did they turn the world upside down? How did they do that? Well, what gave the church the ability to do some of these things, all of these things, and the anointing that they had. When you look at Matthew 16, you'll see the keys to the kingdom. Now, to have the same keys as the very first church is important. It's important. And when you open the book of Acts, the very first thing that you find is that they're in a prayer meeting. Come on. Chapter 1, they're praying to replace the apostle that had got taken out, Judas. Right? And then they're also in the upper room waiting on the Holy Spirit and they're praying. Then in Acts chapter 2, you have teaching on prayer. Then in Acts chapter 3, you have the experience of prayer when they go up to the gate called beautiful and a miracle takes place. You see all this. And in chapter 4, you have prayer. In chapter 5, Prayer. Chapter 6, you have prayer. Chapter 7, there's prayer. Chapter 8, you have prayer. If you would open your Bible and read chapter 9, you would see prayer. In chapter 10, there is prayer. 
How many know what the book of Acts might be about? What the theme might be about? Come on, talk to me this morning. Prayer. Prayer and the Holy Spirit. You cannot separate the two. And the power of the first church was hidden in prayer. And prayer became the conduit. It became the channel, the link to the Holy Spirit moving. Now we want to build a church that is filled with the keys to the kingdom of God that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 16 and in the book of Acts, which begins with prayer. I'll say it like this. Powerful prayer and fasting creates the possibility that our place will encounter the dynamic power of a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, will release something supernatural and wonderful with a new freedom, not a hindrance, but a freedom. Now our place then becomes a shaken place. It becomes a new place, a new place. Acts chapter 4, verse 30 and 31. The Bible says this, By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now listen to that in the Amplified. That's the New King James Version. Listen to it in the Amplified. So while you stretch out your hand to cure and to perform signs and wonders through the authority and the power of the name of your holy child and servant Jesus, it says, and when they had prayed. Not if, not when they say, not when they taught, not when they fellowshiped, not when they went to church and declared or read a scripture or said to one another, I believe in prayer. But when they had prayed, the place where they were was shaken. When they had prayed. Not every place on the block was shaken, but their place was shaken. Not every city felt what they felt at that time, but their city felt it at that moment and at that time. Now notice, they weren't being filled with the Holy Spirit right then in Acts chapter 4. No, they were already filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, they most certainly were filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, fire came down, wind, fire sat on their heads, and they spoke in other tongues not known to them. The Holy Spirit blew through that place like a hurricane. But then in Acts chapter 4, it seems like they're filled with the Spirit again. Now, continually being filled. Now, this verse is teaching me some things about the church, saints. It's teaching me some things as I read this passage of Scripture. It's teaching me some things. It's teaching me that there's healing in the church. Come on. There's healing. There is healing in the church. It's not just a fantasy. It's not something that's way out there, but it's here in the church. There are signs and wonders. There's authority in the name of Jesus. When the people prayed, 
things happened. The place where they gathered together was shaken. The Holy Spirit is involved. They began to speak with boldness the Word of God. And big things began to happen. Now the word shaken means to move something by force. The force I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit. Come on. To move something by power. The power I'm talking about is what? The Holy Spirit. Not talking about the power of the human mind. Not the power of the human will, if I just will it. Not the power of the smartest mind or the most strategic mind. It's not the mind that had the greatest management skills. Come on. Or the most meticulous mind. No, it was the Holy Spirit. They were not particularly intelligent men and women. They were not the strongest in their management skills. They weren't particularly special in a human or natural way. They weren't the most whatever. These men and women were normal blue-collar people, normal fishermen. They were had jobs that were outside of the kingdom of God sometimes. There was a room filled with normal people with great needs, just like you and I. Listen, they weren't extraordinary professors or theologians. In fact, the Pharisees were nowhere near this upper room. Come on. They weren't writers of songs or writers of history. They were normal people, normal problems, fears, anxieties. Come on. They were normal people. They had confrontations and carnalities just like you and I. There was no difference. The difference that they had and the edge that they had was the edge of the Holy Spirit. Come on. They were moved by a force and that force was the Holy Spirit. They were moved by a power, and that power was the Holy Spirit. Come on, and they ran into obstacles. We might say today was just so many obstacles. I mean, the government has made it so hard for us to worship, and you have to be politically correct, and there's this thing with civil rights, and you have to respect everybody's beliefs and all of these things, and it seems like I can't proclaim the name of Jesus. Well, let me tell you about these people in Acts chapter 4 and what they dealt with. What you're dealing with is nothing new. Come on. They ran into some obstacles, saints. They ran into some persecution. They ran into, well, read the book. There's a lot of things. All kind of obstacles they ran into. All kind of resistance, needs that they had. Obstacles from a culture that wanted to stop them, that wanted to kill them. Come on. There were martyrs out of this group. They were up against it all the time, saints. But they had a power that the other group didn't have. The other group didn't have the Holy Spirit. Now, this verse breaks down into five areas. Number one, when the people had prayed. Number two, the place was shaken. That's what we're going to talk about today. Number three, they were all filled with the Spirit. Number four, they spoke the Word of God with boldness. And in number five, they experienced a supernatural release of healing by Jesus stretching out his hand over their hand. 
Number five is supernatural miracles. They experienced all this in the first church. And I want to tell you something this morning. All of that did not die with the first church. Come on. We're still part of that church if you want to be real about it. We're still part of the first church. Come on, saints. Five things we're looking at. In the last message we looked at, well, when the people had prayed. When is a step of obedience. It's moving from knowledge to action. When they had prayed, not when they thought about praying. It's a step of obedience. That's why it's important when the leadership calls this congregation to a time of prayer, maybe on the last Wednesday night, or maybe we have a special prayer meeting. It's important to participate in that. Come on now, because you and I don't pray. I'm talking about mostly I, but you and I don't pray like we should. We don't pray as often as we should. Listen, more prayer is better than less prayer. Come on now. Come on now. Some of us fall short, and I'm lifting my hand in that area sometimes. So it's important for us to come together and pray. Why? Because when you pray, you begin to fall in love with more prayer. And when you fall in love with more prayer, God falls more in love with you. Come on, because you're communicating with him. Come on, it gives you life. After all, we are the life church. Come on. The hand of God moves when people pray. No waiting around, like Pastor told us. No uh, waiting for a feeling or making any excuses. Come on now. It's time. It's time, saints. Cross the line. Get into your room. Shut the door. Call on the name of Jesus. Things will begin to happen. Things will happen when the people pray. Now we move to the second part of that verse. The place was shaken. The place. Not just any place. Not just any place, but it was their place that was shaken. Now I want to talk to you this morning about your place. The place was shaken. I, I, I word it this way. Powerful prayer with fasting creates, and, and notice the, the word I use here, a possibility. A possibility. All of us need to have a hope of a possibility. Come on. When we look out and we just don't think it's possible, we have no hope. And there's nothing worse than a person with no hope. Nothing's going to happen. You'll fall into depression. You go to the doctor and look for the answer in some pills. And depression really is a spiritual state of your soul. Pills are not going to help you. Uppers won't help you get out of depression. But you need to have a hope that there is a possibility. Come on. It's possible that my marriage can be healed. It's possible that my son or my daughter will come back to the Lord no matter what has happened up to this point. It's possible that the door will open for that job that I'm not qualified for. It's possible that I can be delivered from this vile habit that seems to have me. It's possible that God can speak to me about my future, lay his hands on me, and lay my path out before me. And I can see that future. It's possible. It's possible that there should be such a movement of God upon my life that I would be transformed into another person, into the kind of person that God wants me to be. The kind of person that's so close to Jesus that I would impact my world, that I would impact my family. 
I would impact my culture. And I would achieve things that I never could or never would have thought of achieving without the Lord. Saints, it's possible. It's possible to be filled with the Holy Spirit to the brim and have an overflow of the Holy Spirit. Come on, it's possible. It's possible. Prayer and fasting creates possibilities. And my prayer here, for everyone here, including and mostly myself, is that we would encounter a new and fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. That your territory would be enlarged, beginning with your thinking. Come on. That your thinking would change, beginning with your heart. And that your heart would be soft and pliable and fertile ground beginning with the Holy Spirit in you. It will release something supernatural. It will give you a new freedom. It doesn't put chains on you, but it breaks the chains off of you. Powerful prayer and fasting creates possibilities where our place becomes a shaken place, becomes a new place. Now, shaken, when I say shaken, that's a, that's a positive word. Where things are being shaken out of us. Things are being shaken where the excess baggage that we don't need begins to fall off. Come on now. That I'm carrying falls off of me. Things are being shaken that I might find some new action in my life. Come on. That I would actually have a new place. Now let me take this word place that we want to focus on today just a little bit further. Talking about places. What places are we talking about? Places. Places identified. This is a positive shaking. Supernatural visitation of God's power released into a place that removes obstacles, opens new pathways in the invisible realm. Places. Places can be defined as our space. Come on, someone ever got too close to you and you said, hey, hey, give me some space. Give me some space. Come on now, your personal space, that might be that space that no one can get into. No one should violate that personal space of yours. Whether it's physical and someone getting real close to you to talk to you, you ever had that? And you back up a little bit and say, hey, I can hear you fine. Give me some space. Come on, give me some space. But it might be a secret place, maybe a secret place in your heart that you don't share with anybody. Your personal space, your personal place. But that personal place and that personal space, we ought to let God invade. Because I want to tell you something. He knows what's in that place already. He knows what's there. But very often, he does not invade that space unless you invite him in. Come on, even if you're a Christian... Jesus says, and he's talking to Christians here in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. I know we use it as an evangelical um, scripture, and it, and it is. But he's also talking to Christians saying, I stand at the door and knock. He says, if you will let me in, I will come in and dine with you. Not just save you, not just deliver you, but I will dine with you. I will sup with you. You will be in me, and I will be in you. It's like TJ saying this morning. What a comfort to know we will be together forever. Amen. Hallelujah. What a great song. We need to be singing that song, Mike. Hallelujah. No pressure. Just <laughs> great song. 
our personal space, our atmosphere. I used to be in a band years ago, and we had a guitar player in the band, and uh, the leader of the band was uh, very controlling. You know, he won everybody at certain places. I played the keyboard, and he would want me over here, and the guitar player, he wanted over there, and, you know, the drummer, he wanted in a certain place, and he, he was very controlling. But our guitar player was a real young guy, and he didn't take orders very well. And so uh, our leader would go up to him, and he'd start to talk to him, and this guy, James, would say, look, hold on a second. I'm going to tell you something. I'm drawing a line right here. You see that line right there? That's my space. Don't come into my space. If you want to talk to me, talk to me from over there, but this is my own personal space. He just didn't take orders very well. He wanted his own space. But we all have our own personal space, our atmosphere, our defined area of life. Our defined area. We get into routines. We get up, go to work. We do certain things every day. We talk a certain way. We have some habits and some routines that really identify us. You may hear a certain phrase and you'll say, oh, yeah, that's uh, I'm sure Jody said that because, you know, that sounds like something she would say. You know, we all have our habits, but God wants to invade those places in that space. When I see God doing a positive shaking in our lives, I see these four places coming into play. Our personal place, also our marketplace place. Come on, God wants to move there. You don't become somebody different when you go to work. You're the same person. Come on, that's a mission field work. You may not ever go to Fiji or the Philippines or uh, Uganda or Romania. You may not ever go to any of those places. But guess what? You're on a mission field every day when you punch that clock, when you sign in. Mission field, our marketplace place. God wants to shake our church place. I believe that our church is in for a shaking. And I'm talking about positive. That's not anything to be afraid of. But I believe the Spirit is going to move through this place. It's going to be so glorious. Come on. Get ready, saints. Get ready. You need to go tell somebody about it. Because He's going to shake this church place. And we have to be a part of it. And then our nation needs to be shaken. Now, that's a whole nother sermon. We won't even get into that. But we all have a part in that. And it's not blaming and it's not gossiping. And we can do all of those things all day long. Leave that to NBC and Fox and all of them. We can turn on and we, you want that, you can watch them do it. It's all right. That's their job. Our job is to pray. Come on. And intercede. That's where we can. We really want some change. You really want some change? Pray. Come together as a church and pray, and our nation will be changed. These are places that God has given us to impact. Shaken by God. We're shaken by God in our personal place. The first one, personal place. Remember in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas prayed, right? They were in prison. You remember it. Verse 26, it says, Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the, listen now, foundations of the prison. Sometimes we need to be shaken even in church at our very foundation because nothing changes up here unless our tradition, come on, what we know to be because we've done it all the time is shaken. And you remember the story. I know it's been talked about a lot. I'm sure it's been over the internet, but the illustration of the lady who was uh, cooking a roast. I'm sure a lot of you have heard this one. 
but it's relevant. She was cooking a roast and she cut off the end of the roast. You know the story I'm talking about? And uh, her daughter came up to her and said, Mom, why do you, I just noticed you do that every time you cook a roast. Why do you cut off the end of the roast before putting it into the oven? You know this one, Jody. And uh, she said, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I've always done that. She said, in fact, uh, your grandmother taught me to do that. You know, she just taught me to do that. She said, now I'm curious. I'm going to call her up and see why she taught me to cut off the end of the roast. So she called up her mom, the young girl's grandmother, and said, you know, mom, uh, you know, growing up, you taught me how to, to make a roast, and you always taught me to cut off the end of the roast before putting it into the oven. Why did we do that? She said, you know, come to think of it, I'm not really sure. But you know what? Your grandmother's still alive. She taught me how to do that. And her memory might be fading a little bit, but maybe she remembers uh, to tell me why we did that. So she called up her mother, the, her daughter's grandmother, the young girl's great-grandmother was still alive, called her up, said, Mom, when I was a little girl, you taught me to cut off the end of the roast before cooking it, before putting it in the oven. Why did we do that? And she said, Honey, I never taught you to do that. I cut it off because the pan I had was too little. We didn't have that much money for a big pan. And so you see, there's some traditions that we do and perform. We don't even know why we do them. It was a necessity back then, but now God's moved into a new thing. Jesus said, don't miss your time of visitation. Don't miss your time. Words the same. Listen, gospel's the same. Kingdom keys, the same. Methods can change. It's all right. Don't be moved by a changed method. It's okay. And then it says, so that the foundations were shaken. Now look at this verse. It says, immediately, immediately, all of the doors were open. You want some open doors in your life? You might need to be shaken. And then it says, everyone's was bound with chains. It says, everyone's chains were loosed. When God does a shaking, your chains are loosed. You're loosed. And so we need that earthquake place. Come on. Your chains are loosed. We need to get out of that prison place. We need to move to that opening of the doors place. And the chains loosed place. God wants to shake our personal place. God wants to shake our marketplace. And he wants to use you to do it. And you don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be a prophet. Come on, you don't have to be a pastor or a minister. You don't have to be a great orator to do this in your marketplace. You know what you have to do? Be is obedient. Obedient to the Lord. You need to have some integrity. You need to have some character. You need to wake up in the morning and pray. And you need to live the word of God. That's what you need to do. People will see that. God will present opportunities. He will bring open hearts to you. You won't have to go in there looking for people to preach to. You have to, they're there already. You need to go in and do your job. That's what you need to do. But you need to do it with some integrity. When other people are not, when other people are complaining about the company, you need to say, well, you know what? God has provided me with this job and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Listen, I don't care where you work. I don't care if you work at Verizon or AT&T. I don't care if you work at Walmart or Kmart or used to have J-Mart. 
or any other kind of mark. I don't care if you work at IU. I don't care if you work at Olive Garden. Wherever you work, you'll see some things that are wrong in that place. You'll be able to say, those idiots way up there don't know what we're doing down here. Come on. All of us can say some of those things. They have no idea what we're doing. All they care about is the bottom line. All they care about is the money. And we can talk about that all day. I know because I have. (laughs) I've been there. And it doesn't matter. You can't say, well, if my company was like Baxter, because I bet you'll find some people at Baxter that'll say, this company, boy, I tell you what, they just don't care about their people or whatever it is. We can spend all day complaining or we can be a force and a catalyst for change. Come on. We can be a catalyst for change and it begins with prayer and it begins with an open heart allowing God to shake our personal place and to shake our marketplace place through us. Come on, we need to have some integrity. And then we need to be shaken in our church place, our prayer place, our worship presence place, our healing place. We need to have some vision expansion. We need to care about what happens at the church, about the house of God. We know, we quote it, we've heard it. David said it. You know, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Are we really glad to go into the house of the Lord? Because it's different saying I'm glad to go into the house of the Lord and then going into the house of the Lord and really keeping God in that place and participating. Come on now, I don't really want to step on any toes this morning, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm going down this road just for a moment. It's easy to say, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. But is it easy to come in and work in children's church, be an usher? Come on now, I'm just going down the road. Come on, participate. Pray for people. Love on people at greeting time. Tell the praise team what a wonderful job they're doing, even though you didn't like that song today. They haven't done your song in three months, the one you love. Come on. But go over and tell them what a great job that they're doing. Ask somebody, do they need help? Come on. Does the sound ministry need help? Does the media ministry need some help? Participate. Come on now. It's easy to say I love it when we go into the house of the Lord. How many know that David was ready when he went into the house? We need to get this church place shaken. Shake this church place. And then we'll shake the nations of the world. God has placed you in a specific place at a specific time for a specific purpose. But guess what? You will impact your family, which will impact your community, and it will impact your city, it will impact your state, and it will impact your nation. Begins with you. Praying. Praying. And fasting. Fasting is an important part of it. We just came off of those of you who did the Daniel fast or another type of fast. We need to fast every once in a while also. And I would just want to touch briefly on fasting. And then we'll wrap up here. I want to tell you something about fasting. We can, we can fast anything. We can fast, you know, television. You know, talk back to me this morning. What are some other things we can fast? You can fast uh, Facebook. Some of us need to fast Facebook. Come on now. Yeah, words with friends, texting. There's a lot of things that we can fast. I'm going to tell you, what is it? Coffee? Talking. Yeah, some people have the gift of gab. It's a gift. It's a gift. It really is a gift. 
But, you know, we don't have to use our gift all the time. <laughs> There's a lot of things that we can fast, and, and, and as well we should. And it's right, and it's okay, and it's good. I'll tell you one thing about a food fast. All fasting, now this is Michael. Let me step outside. This is me. All fasting is not equal. There's, there's fasting of things that, you know, so easily beset you, TV, like me, sports or whatever. You know, me and Pastor love sports, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, and we can fast all of those things, and they're all on this level. A food fast is just a little bit above it. Now, I'll tell you why. Because if you fast any of those other things, you can still make it. Come on now. I mean, you might not think you can. You might not think you can. It'd be awful difficult sometimes. Without Facebook, I know. It'd be awful difficult. Instagram, you know, or without watching the game or whatever, you're watching your favorite show. It'd be difficult. But somehow, you can make it. You fast food, go long enough without eating, you're not going to make it. Come on, I'm just being serious. You go long enough without food, you won't make it except the Lord sustain you. And what a food fast is saying is this. I'm not telling you don't fast other things. I mean, hear what I'm saying. I'm saying every fast is important. But a food fast is saying this. It's saying, Lord, obeying you is more important than my very life. That's what it's saying. Obeying you, worshiping you, you are more important than even my own life, my self-preservation. That's what a food fast does for you. Now finish up here with, finish up with eight dynamic benefits. <laughs> I love when we were out at MFI and <laughs> uh, we were out at a conference, you know, Pastor and I and you know, listening to this, this uh, great man, Pastor Frank DiMazio, who's the head of MFI, and he's, I mean, he's, he's brilliant. He really is. I mean, he, you know, you'd think, does he do anything else but study the Bible, you know? And, uh, you know, he goes through his whole talk, you know, and the whole message, and then at the end, you know, we've been sitting there for an hour, hour and a half or whatever, and then he says, okay, now I'm going to finish up with these 16 points. You know, it's like, really? <laughs> but you know what? He's probably the only man that I would sit there and allow him to finish up with 16 points. Uh, he's that brilliant. He's that anointed. But eight benefits of prayer with fasting. I'll move through them quickly. Number one, it positions you for some things. Number one, you are positioned to receive direction from God. Ever been at a time in your life, Lord, what should I be doing? Where should I go? What should I do? I mean, is this the job for me? Is this the husband for me? Is this a relationship for me, is this the church for me? Is this the city for me? I mean, it keeps on snowing. I like warm weather. Is this the city I should be in? <laughs> is this the college for me? You know, I'm going to go against the grain and go to Purdue, even though I'm in Bloomington. Come on. And we just need direction from God. Well, prayer, with, with some fasting sometimes, positions you to get direction from God. Number two, it positions you to receive more power of the Spirit. You ever wonder why sometimes you don't walk in authority? Again, I always say, it seems like you take, and I say this because I've experienced it. You take a step forward, and it seems like you take two steps back in your spiritual life. 
you know, one day you're really, I, I prayed, I mean, church was great today, and I, I, I prayed on Monday, and I, was, I worshiped, I went to my secret place, and then next thing you know, it's Friday, and you haven't talked to the Lord since Monday. And then you say, well, why? What happened? I just got so busy. Well, listen, prayer and fasting positions you to receive more power to overcome those things. It also positions you to receive answer to prayer. Come on, God speaks. But if we're not listening, if we're so busy with our lives, we'll never hear what he's saying. Ever had the radio on and maybe you've been driving and all of a sudden a song comes on that you recognize and you tune into that song, but guess what? You've been listening to the radio for 20 minutes and I don't know what songs have been played. Well, it's not that the songs weren't playing. You just weren't listening. Your mind was on other things. It's not that God is not speaking. We cannot blame it on the Lord. God is speaking to you. He's answering your prayer. He's answering it. We just don't hear what he's saying. Sometimes our mind is made up already of how we want him to answer. And if we don't hear that answer, we just say he's not answering me. No, he's answering. We just might not like the answer sometimes. But guess what? It's the best answer for us. Positions us to see the hand of God move. Come on, our church place needs to be shaken. And I don't know about you, but I want to see the hand of God move. I want to see the hand of God move in my life. I want to see the hand of God move on my children. I want to see the hand of God move in my family. Family members that I've been praying for that are so far from God, they don't even know what God's name, they don't even know what he looks like. They're so far from God. But guess what? God has long arms and he can reach out and grab them and pull them back. Prayer positions us to see God's hand move. It positions us for spiritual breakthrough. There is a glass ceiling, saints. That ceiling that we keep bumping up against sometime in our spiritual life, guess what? It's a glass ceiling. We're just not positioned to break through it. But prayer does that for us. It positions us to overcome. Number six, it positions us to receive amazing spiritual benefits. Come on, giftings of the Holy Spirit positions us to receive those. And if we receive those, we can then give those out. Come on, amazing spiritual benefits. It positions us with humility to receive favor, to walk in the favor of the Lord. Again, a whole nother sermon. But boy, we should be walking in authority power and the favor of the Lord. Come on now, I'm not just, uh, you know, I'm not just talking out the side of my mouth when I say, you know, you are a favored people. You know, when you go and to the parking lot, there's a space for you right up near uh, the door, the entrance. Come on, I'm talking about favor in every area of your life. When your bills are too much to pay, if you're following the laws of the Lord, if we're giving like we should be giving, if we're good stewards over my money, you have favor with the Lord because he's your provider, not the bank, not another loan, not payday loans or any of those other things. God is your provider. And provision will come from places you didn't even know possible. You walk in the favor of the Lord, favor in your job. Listen, I've experienced it. I've experienced it. Walking in favor, not because of what I've done, but just simply because I've said, Lord, this is your thing. I just, I will be obedient to you. I've got promotions. I've been moved around. I've got raises, all of those things. And it's all being God. He gets all of the glory, 100% of the glory. 
walking in favor. And then finally, we'll be positioned to succeed in spiritual warfare. In other words, when you pray, things happen. I mean, we just don't pray some old prayer. Well, Lord, you know, if it be your will and, uh, you know, I'm just your humble servant. And I really don't have much. But if you see fit in your spare time, guess what? God doesn't have spare time. In fact, he's outside of time. He's ready to do it. In fact, a lot of things he's already done. He's in his rest. And he tells us to labor to enter into his rest. Speak the word of God with boldness. It's the Bible. I'm not making up my own theology, my own doctrine to give to you. I'm talking about the book of Acts. It said when the people had prayed, their place was shaken, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. They spoke it with boldness. They spoke it over their life. They spoke it over their family's life. Come on, they spoke it in their marketplace. They spoke it at the church, and they spoke it over the nations. Speak the word of God with boldness. Isaiah 54, 17 says, But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. New Living Translation. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. They're enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me, says the Lord. I, the Lord, look how he puts the period on it. I, the Lord, have spoken. God says it, it's done. It will position you to stand and be ready to wage warfare, saints. It will position you this morning. So the question for you today is, will you allow God to shake you? Will you allow God to shake you this morning? Will you allow his love to cover you? Will you allow his love to lift you? 